Accessing Library Computer Data. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Engage podcast. Today's episode is all about Into Darkness. I want to point out we recorded this back when the film first came out, but given that we've just done the Trekmate interview about the J.J. Abrahams verse, we thought it only fair that we would get this out of our back catalogue and actually release it so you guys can hear it. So we hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to this very special edition of the Engage podcast. I'm Jamie. I'm Simon. And I'm Phil. And yes, we've just come back from a couple of hours ago from watching uh, Star Trek 2 Into Darkness. Epic. Absolutely brilliant. I cannot believe how brilliant this film is. Film of the year, I think, isn't it? I think... I mean, this, I, can't, I can't believe we've waited almost three to four years to see this film. But, you, but we, we respect Abraz for doing that time because he took his time with it, and this yeah. is the result. I mean, for me at least. And all those rumours and. Oh, all those rumours. I, I almost found out about the plot. I was driving along on Thursday when it got, I was hearing about the news about it being released, and I was thinking, right, okay, they obviously won't say anything. And, and this just in Simon Pegg reveals the twist. Uh, turn it off, turn no, it off. No, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I heard rumours myself about it, but then Simon said it's doubtful they'll do it, so I just thought, yeah, they won't actually do that. No, but no. what happened... I think out of the three of us, I knew the most before it. Yeah. But I, I, as we said on previous podcasts, I don't like to reveal too much. Well, no. I, went, I went in blind. I didn't I didn't want to know. The only thing I had watched was just the, the, the film trailers. That's, That's it. all I had watched. Uh, on purpose. I didn't want to know anything about it. I wanted to go in there... Not with any other insight, not anyone else saying oh, this because I don't really want to. <laughs> I don't really want to think about things. That well, the thing is, I was avoiding all contact with my favorite websites like IMDb, the Odin website. I like to read the film reviews. I avoided all contact. It wasn't easy, but I managed it. And you know, I just it, it was for me. It was, it was even better than the first one. Which but it had I was, to be. It had to be it though. Had to be, yeah. Well, the thing is, I don't think seeing it as a setup, the first one, should be work against it because I have to set it. Well, no, 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 we're no, saying, no, we're not saying that, but. This one had to be right mm. because if this one was a complete flop, which it probably wouldn't have been, that would have just it would have killed it the franchise. It would have killed it again. Well, I mean, we all, I mean, we we can all agree that we want this franchise to stay on, and and well, yeah, I've got to take car, my hats off to JJ. When the car, car journey back, we we're saying, what are they going to do for the third one? Well, we should, because there's just... no ways that they can. Well, that's, that's, that's go, the beauty it? of it because they have created their own timeline they created their own universe and get away with anything they want. I mean for example we were talking about how the because um, obviously the, this new film features the well I called it the Wrath of Khan but he's just Khan Khan and you were saying in the car about how Khan was a lot more cleverer in this film and what I said about that was that clever no I mean more clever he's more Clever and more aggressive. He yeah, was, he's, yeah. he's not just a killing machine. He's a killing machine with brains. He's got he's got a purpose, hasn't he? And he's the thing is, sorry, you didn't know when he crunches the heads yeah, of the other yeah, or Spock or Kirk. But I think that added no, to it. Was Admiral Marcus. Admiral Marcus, Marcus yeah. But I mean, what I was going to say is that because because there's a different it? timeline, they can go wherever they want. And even if they bring in old characters from old series, the well, old characters. I love that the reference. Same. But they got this um, civilian ship from yeah. Um, Harry Mudd yeah, reference I, to Harry Mudd because he's a character Phil from the original series he was in a couple of episodes oh, he's right. also one in an animated series as well so it was a nice reference to say oh we see this of Harry Mudd mm. and we'll use that Yeah. so that was a nice little reference for all the Trekkies in there and I think you could just see them going <laughs> you see this is, the, this is the thing about Abrams it, it's a very difficult balancing act because you've got to have enough to you know, get you've his new fans into it, in it. There. Uh, but without the, without the, destroying without the, the old fans, fans. Yeah. without destroying it, you've got to make subtle references. So, oh yeah, you get the old fans into it, you get the new ones. See, I, miss, I mean, it's a nice contrast between you two and me because you two are older fans and I'm a new fan, and I didn't get those. We've got a nice spectrum because you know we still got, all thought the, the film was brilliant. We've got the lovely three d- three perspectives of it because mm. you've got Abraham respecting my knowledge of it and to some degree Jamie's to knowledge me. of it. Mm. Yeah. And he's respecting your lack of, but it's yeah, way, but lack lack of, of knowledge, knowledge yeah. to say, okay, you haven't seen it, but it's great. Here's a new one. Try that one out. Well, it, it goes back to me for the sort of at, at destination Star Trek London with uh, Richard Arnold. He said Abrams was the man that was re, has re, re, reinvigorated, reinvigorated this franchise. And he's absolutely right. I mean, it surpassed all my expectations in this second one, and it was a lot better because it had more in depth and. Abrams, you had the great special effects, the amazing action, but you never lost 
the it's sort of human back to story. The heart of it. It's going yeah. back to the story of the actual story within it mm. instead of oh look at this thing happening and you just go yeah. Yeah, whatever. It's also going back to the humanity of it and I mean there was a st- I mean I, I said to you guys on the way home and I think you agreed with me that I was almost in tears and I'm yeah. not a guy that does this at all. I'm one of these odd oh, butch guys that don't cry, yeah. don't cry. But I I, I was almost I'm going not, I'm not ashamed to, to show a bit no. of my feminine side. It was that no, re- right. it wasn't it that scene in the reverse Spock moment mm. in um engineering. Yeah. And we actually yes us on to new warp core. Yes, which is engineering. Brilliant, love it, it a lot better. Because mm. I said Abrams listened to the fans. It's not a brewery now. It was. The, I mean, the original. I mean, when I first watched it, I thought, "What on earth has Walter got to do with an Enterprise <laughs> engineering? What the heck? Are they all going to the pub or something?" Mm. But you know, it's, the warp core was brilliant. It was just, yeah, it was nice. It not better. Fitted, it fitted Starship, Starship, uh, Star Trek perfect, perfectly. In the twenty-first century, yeah, it but, just uh, suited yeah. it. Perfectly, you you could actually imagine it in a future ship. You could mm. imagine it in our the way it should in be. real yeah. reality. I mean, you could really tell they put some thought into actually really thinking about you know what we we know the fans didn't like it. They we didn't need to change it. it. That was the other beauty thing of yeah. it. Yeah, and we do get to see the first instance of Klingons. Without yeah, their masks on. Yeah, the Klingons looked a bit. I don't know. That didn't I don't look know. right to me. Like I was saying to you, the, the Klingons to me have to be, I am a Klingon, I am big, I am bold, I am brash, I am everything about... Ugh. Yeah. It but just occurred to me, didn't they look a bit like future, like, bikers? <laughs> like, with all their piercings? Yeah, I was just yeah, going to say. Like a, me- a heavy metal biker. Yeah. Yeah. Just that had been in a car crash and got a lumpy head you just expect they had like Harley Davidson somewhere on their yeah. bird of prey just sort of and you, you would think you might be like, had head, especially like a futuristic headphones to listen to their heavy metal rock music mm. or something but no the Klingons didn't look particularly odd but that's the thing they're Klingon opera Klingon opera yeah but to be on fair their... though to be fair though we might be alright because you know JJ might have killed off those type of Klingons they might bring back new ones. Back they new might ones. be listening to. They all got destroyed, well, didn't they? To be fair, we only got a slight glimpse of them anyway. <laughs> they, they might Khan be listening to um, their heavy rock metal K tunes. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, another film that was done really well, which particular Simon was thankful for so much, or you liked, was the um, the warp effect. Where are you effect. going with this? Yeah, yes, yes. Thank you. Oh, yes. Where did you, where did you think I was going? Beautiful. Talk about you can go anywhere, Jamie. So I was worried. I, I, I should be not meant to take that as a compliment. When you put me on then. it, just sort of, well, Simon thought so and so of this thing. I thought, Link. where is this going? <laughs> well, but I, yes, the first thing, one of the problems I have with the original film is that you've got Prime Universe ships coming into the new reality, and they've got the new warp engine. So they've got one engine on the back and no warp trail or anything. Whereas in the second one, they actually whereas had. Whereas now they've actually respected that, and now they've got appropriate warp trails. Like they had in the original franchise, Two so that cells. was wonderful. Yeah. Nice to see that. Yeah. It was a lovely little effect. Sort of like it was sort of like a glittery sort of blue effect. It was like the star, it was like it was going through Stardust. Probably the only bit where the three D in the film was actually going to be any good. I mean, yeah. we didn't see it in three. We saw it in two. No, but it would have been rubbish. But we saw it on honest. the impact screen. Yeah, we? saw it at the impact screen, which was absolutely beautiful. Absolutely oh, beautiful. Well. It was, was just oh. made it so much bigger and better. But one other thing I say is they done Khan terrifically. Absolutely. So Cumberbatch did really, really well. He yep. actually brought the fear that the Rafa Khan should have done. And we were talking about this again. I mean, I saw the original Rafa Khan, and I thought you he need was to pathetic. rewatch it, Phil. You do I know, need to I probably need to rewatch it. But I mean, he was pathetic. He was like a little kitten with a shotgun. That's the way I would explain <laughs> it. No, but you know, oh no, Phil, no, 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 bow Phil, down to But you need really to see. You, but you do need to see the original series episodes. The, the, the well, series there's episode, also but. the fact that nowadays people more desensitise than they were in the 1970s. No, I know, 60s. I know. 60s. Oh no! You talk about no, the film. Rafa Khan. You talk about the film. You talk about the film. Film. I'll be no, he was scary. Eight, oh, yeah. He because was scary. He, he Phil, was what, non-stop back the, scary. Back in the eighties, things were You wouldn't Phil. have as much violence in you ha- as you had in Rafa Khan. Mm. So that was quite um, explicit. Yeah. In the eighties, and if you look nowadays, at what's now, you will see tiny comparisons. Now yeah. that. The film we saw today is quite excessive for nowadays. Yeah. Whereas if you put on nineteen eighty two, that would have been a eighteen. That would have yeah. been a yeah. Yeah, instead it, of a twelve. It, it would have been, there would have been uproar about it. Yeah, they would have all, been, all, the mums, all the mums would have been screaming. Because were different back then. But the thing, you're, you're, looking at, <laughs> you're looking at the Rafa Khan in hindsight. 
Mm. Whereas if you looked at it, I should be looking at it from the other way round. If I looked at it from the other way round, he would have been an absolute war machine. (laughs) There you go. So if you rewatch it, I think you'll discover that. Oh, I will have to. I will have to. You need to rewatch it, as I said. But going back to it, he he did very very well. I have to admit, he put a good dynamic on it. You never knew where. You never knew who was working for. That's what I thought because you know you know he has his alias, obviously. Of Harrison, and then he sort of, you know, he sort of briefly allies with Craig and different. Oh, you know, you don't know. It was an interesting take on it. I thought you where could, they like, differed. Yeah, like and then said, you could never tell which way he was, was going to go. go. Yeah. You never knew what moment he was going to switch Snap. sides yeah. and go. Well, fact, on his own side, it was, it was so good though. But I actually thought he was going to stay on on the Kirk side. I was like, what if he? Yeah, actually... and I agree. I, I actually thought that it was going to be he was going to be you know the yeah. next officer and yeah. But you know, it was but it was just he played it so, and he was generally a fierce. I mean, better than Neuro. I thought in the first one it was again setting up That's oh no solely not, not in terms of setting up but in yeah, terms but he of he was a bit flat he, he was an yeah. enemy that was, was obviously going to be destroyed and obviously going to be defeated he was just there as a good excuse to get them all together yeah, yeah. I'm sorry to say that Jamie but it's true well, maybe it is, but I mean, up the franchise. You know, I mean, they're, well, they're, it's hopefully not, they're in the see, long run. I'm not looking. I'm looking at no, not from a perspective of setting up franchise. I'm looking at just as a just as a general adversary. What sort of a threat he had, and yeah, he was, but he just didn't have that same. No, here's, here's the analogy. You know, here's what it should be. But Nero, then again, Nero, fuck with a gun. Yeah. 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 This guy. We intelligent, had a intelligent fuck with a gun. But then again, <laughs> I suppose I suppose the difference between them was that Nero's running on pure emotion because he lost Romulus, he, yeah. he lost his home world. But what he can't, he was just this machine. He didn't have feelings. Well, that's, that's all no, he was. He's he's his no, he his got, race, his well, race was to destroy used, other races. He yeah. got used by Admiral yeah. Marcus, so he mm. went after him, yeah. which is why he went after Starfleet HQ yeah. and accidentally murdered people. And he, and should, he d- surely should have just assassinated hey, him Marcus yeah. yeah but if you do that then you get down the line of then you wouldn't have a film, film. Mm-hmm. probably so, too much effort probably too much effort on his part to try and actually just find this one individual but I thought the trailers actually didn't do a bad job they of, didn't because um, I actually thought it was the Enterprise going in I, I didn't you, you didn't no, know which shit went in there's speculation because you could see in the, when they screen capped the trailers you could quite il- sit, quite clearly see it was another ship mm. yeah. we, we didn't know what ship we didn't know anything about it well it was a we twist in the plot because both one. the ships were falling down weren't they at, at one you point you can tell I mean I, yeah but I mean, you can tell some, by the some, size. someone who couldn't tell you know, yeah. I, I mean, I had no idea. I had assumed it was the Enterprise coming in to San Well, I think the only people that wouldn't be able to tell is someone that's blind, I think. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> but going back to the humanitarian... Big black and, ship, silver. Well, right. hmm. well, unless you're colour blind or something, the people are, you know. But the thing is, going back True. to what you're saying, the human story of the Kirk and Spock was always there in the film. But going back to a better human story... What about the domestic fight between oh, <laughs> Ahura and Spock? Oh, that yeah. was funny. That, that was, was good. Bri- that was brilliant. That was absolutely brilliant. Whilst trying to escape from the Klingons. And she was like, just two minutes, Kirk. Shush. <laughs> and then, then she tries to drag him into it. like, I don't want to be a part of this. Because, <laughs> yeah, you sort of did anyway, you know. So, But it was wonderful. And I said, that gut-wrenching moment with Kirk and Spock... That was just yeah. Old it, was, it was a nice homage to the original one with a little bit of a twist on it. Yeah, wonderfully done. So I don't done. think really want to spoil. No, don't no. want to spoil. But it was wonderfully done. Really was wonderfully done. Mm. Now yeah. we've got to get onto a bit of controversial scene now. No, we need to quickly talk about Scotty. Oh yes, yeah, Scotty. Um, <laughs> Simon Pegg, you legend, have done he, it again. He's done it again. Yeah, good old Scotty. You know when he was running around again. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the uh, it, shuttle bay, they're trying to run up and down, so wasn't it? And then when he was talking to that thug, he was like, "I'm sorry." <laughs> he, goes, he goes, he goes, "You're tall, you're you're a giant, aren't you?" Like, tall. You're a big man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he was just. Plus, and he funny. also does the Scottish accent on the original Scottish so well. He never got a good chance. Not in the, to do not anything in the first, in the first no, film. No. Never really. So, and that's the other thing. He got a meter in this honest. film. They again. They each had their own shining moment. That's they true. They, they, Just each like one the of them. first film, because you did have um, Chekhov taking over in engineering, yeah, Chekhov which taking over engineering. Aurora having the the horse, having having the shop afterwards. <laughs> you know what I'm like with names. So I'm, I, I could make Sarpy's head in his hands by trying to do a Scottish accent of Scotty. Hey, Captain, I'm giving her all she's good. That's bad. 
I can be um, edited, so it's not bad. <laughs> yeah, well. Well, there's another 10 yeah, seconds gone. There's another 10 seconds. But no, and, and one other thing was that Sulu got to sit in the captain's chair. Instant, oh, yeah. lovely may, may reference to... to the Excelsior in future film, Yeah, possibly. maybe. Lovely reference if... to when he was the captain of the Excelsior in the uh, mm. Voyager episode. Is it? Flashback. Yeah. You should know that, Jamie. Well, it's not particularly a good and episode. Bone, and Bone saying yeah. about how he, how he should never piss him off. Yeah. <laughs> Mind me never to piss you off. <laughs> what about what was the point in the strip? I didn't understand. Yeah, that's what that. I was going to say. Controversial. Well, issue. Point, it's a controversial there issue. There was no point in it because it was just turn away, please. I'm going to get stripped. Why didn't she just go one end of the ship and get changed and come yeah, back? Yeah, but it's that whole idea of well, I suppose Kirk looking round, you know, because he's he's got well, a lot of ladies. That she was just changing into a black costume. Mm. But the scene, that little scene, didn't go anywhere. If no. you didn't have that little bit, it, it, it wouldn't, wouldn't have added wouldn't anything. Have I mean, but I mean, it could be the fact that they're they're going to become lovers. But I don't it's really. Sex appeal. It's yeah. that's all it is for the fanboys. That's all it was. But as we said in the car, thirty seconds. It doesn't matter. No, no. And if anything, she could give uh, Jerry Ryan or Seven of Nine a run for her money. If I'm <laughs> honest with you, if I'm honest with you, there, Phil. <laughs> But Perfect. I think there's a little, there's a, there's a line off there, isn't there? Right at the end of the film, he's going, "Oh, hello." hello there might be some, yeah, yeah, might yeah be they, were, they were Kirk looking at each other, weren't they? But, but I think Kirk, he, he's a cheeky guy. He is, you know, he was sitting at the start with two women at the same time in, in the one bed. I thought, I thought uh, Kirk, Kirk in the original series never slept with two women at the same time. Ah, but this is a different dimension, Kirk. Indeed, there you go. A, a there better, you go. A better machine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you think there's just a love? Do you think there's a? Do you think there's a bit of a twinkle in <laughs> one of their eyes, sort of the twinkle of David? Yeah, possibly. Mm. Possibly, yeah. When but, he uh, might appear a few years later. Hey, hey, James, look! I've got a baby. Yeah. I've called him David. <laughs> oh, you met no! That time, oh, I got those birds in the bed. Remember? Well, let's, 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 what, I would find about. it really ironic if they brought back Christopher Lloyd as a Klingon. <laughs> and brought him back the same film as David and you get every Tasha fan going oh hello what's hello. going to happen they there they've been up here they've been up in the same room oh god yeah. it'll be the it'd be like Terminator then wouldn't it yeah just sort of get him away get him away the other, in, the other interesting thing was when Spock spoke with Spock you Spock prior I was about to say Spock that yeah that little, lovely little reference to Calm from the original series that was wonderfully the, done I, thought that I was, didn't even know Nimoy was even going to be no, in the film no they kept that very hush hush yeah well, I, in fairness I did notice that when I was lo- I was looking through with the IMDB seeing the actors and I thought Nimoy you kept that oh, quiet yeah, Phil yeah. and, then, and then carrying on scrolling not thinking about it thinking, you did oh, keep that quiet Mr Spock, Philip Scott, Tuck you did indeed oh, ok sorry well, that's I was right. going that's for the characters. You were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was, oh, fine. I look at it by myself. It's fine, no, it's fine. You didn't. Um, I, I was. Surprised. But no, that was brilliant. The way that the way that Spock, Spock Prime, <laughs> and the Spock yeah, was asking Spock, Spock. Yeah, that makes yeah. Spock squared. Spock squared. Spock Prime. Spock cubed. Spock cubed. Spock cubed. Prime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we're going off. But yeah. no, it was the way he asked him. Ha- ha- which throws something against it because surely Spock should be clever enough to think of it himself. Why did he have to ask Spock Prime? Which then throw because no, the initial initially he would not have had to ask Spock Prime. No, because don't forget, did Spock did what? Did, did Spock knows things that the new one doesn't know. There you go. And there was a very small chance that he because he he wouldn't have known. He he, I think he was going for that slim percentage that he might have known something. And not to mention, you so know, he's got a lifetime of memories. Mm. And he's going to obviously have good advice. So I reckon, it would have oddly, more, would you, would more wisdom it, than him because yeah. he's obviously he's had that future it's experience. Got a bit, so remember, it was the logical it's, it's thing to logic, do, yeah. basically. It was yeah. a logical thing to do. Yeah. But the, the, the sort of the emotional control that Spock lost. We were talking about the not the. Oh, prime when he was one. having a fight with the with with Khan at the end. Yeah, that was that brilliant. was when he just started going mad, and yeah. it was just and that oh. was what's so realistic about it. you know you think they're chucking because he's a hero, but. You know, Spock, five t- Vulcan, five times strength than a human yeah, against true. Khan. And we, all we, all, we all thought initially Kirk was going to have the fight at the end with Khan, which was the normal way that every film Blue ends. Expectations. But it didn't do that. It, it didn't do that. Again, everyone, constantly everyone, challenged, yeah, really. everyone had their own shining moment. Yeah. And every way through the film, I, 
didn't know which way it was going to go. Nor did I. It, but to be fair, my brain was working as fast and as hard as it could when I saw I saw Kirk die. That was a I was nice... thinking, how are they going to get him back? Right, he cannot die. He can't die. Well, originally, die. me and Sol were sort of both that in a parallel the... thought of, oh, you know, they'll do like they did with the original Wrath of Khan. Spock dies, comes back in the third one. That's what we thought they'd do with Kirk. But mm-hmm. that, was a, that was a nice uh, cascade, cascade effect. Because yeah. I think I worked out first how mm. they were going to revive him. Then you... Virtually about a millisecond after, I had, you the, went, I had the same ding! fault, and, and, I, and then, I, I went over to Simon. Oh, oh, oh! There's only way to explain. Blood. And I looked to your arm, and then my brain was a bit I, slower. Well, I looked towards you, and then it just clicked in your mind, ding. and you went, "Oh, that's it, that's it! I got it!" Ding, 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 ding. So meanwhile, it's like, "Ding! I got it! I got it!" And then, "Ding! I've got it as well, sir! I've got it! I've got it!" You got one million pounds. I thought it was the X Factor. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, right, I've got it. Let's see if Phil can get it first. Yep, yep, he's got it, he's got it. So I looked towards you, and, and then, then the second I looked mm, over, you my went... My brain was literally wearing, like... It was like, no, 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 it was like... That was a nice thing, because it was sort of... I figured it out. Because that was a nice little thing for the... No, we all got it at the same time. It would have been funny if one of us was like... Oh. <laughs> and of course there was... Oh, what's going on? Oh, oh, no oh, there you go. <laughs> Oh, that Tribble was funny, though. I it know, and like, they included Tribble in it again as well. It was quite a big one, wasn't it? Oh, there was... Big the, hairy Tribble. Big oh, hairy Tribbles. Big hairy. There was that, like, that? Um, Spock saying the Khan line. Like, um, um, Kirk in Ruffle Khan says on Regulus. When he goes, Khan! Like that, you mean? Yes, that's true, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Didn't Spock... That is true, he did do that. And that's when he started chasing him and really fighting with him. Yeah. Didn't Spock fair, fall to his knees at that time, if I recall? Or was he... Did he fall to his knees? Was that... Khan! Like no, that, he, just, he just said Khan. Yeah, but just to be fair, that battle up. scene was really, really good because it wasn't sort of like overpowered. Both of them were at equal It's very heads. equal. It was only really that when Aurora... <laughs> yes, yeah, she got the name. Started, up. started, uh, turned up and started How firing. Times she's trying to. Hop- she fired it must about eight, have been eight shots, eight shots, six, seven to eight shots. And he still was up and around. It was only by that point he was literally dazed. And, that's, and then you and had Spock started that's punching that's when, out of him. That's when Spock, well, I think Spock went Spock nabbed it. something off the ship and just whacked her. <laughs> and then she was kept, kept firing, and then he finally fell over. And then yeah, but then Spock him. was Spock was a, the other reference to Spock was the first episode when he was a kid and he was beating up the other children it was the exact same scenario when he started smacking away yeah it was almost like the initial rage that he had when he was a kid and that's what transferred over yeah transferred over too to Kyle it's it's, it's that it's that constant link he's always half human yeah that's what I say it's the constant link between Vulcan side and the half human side and the half human side always comes out when Spock needs it most and I think Spock is one of these people that he is perfect in every way and he, because of his heart, he's a human half. That makes him even more perfect human way. Yeah. Because the Vulcan heart part of him is when he needs to be well, clever. It, it sort of gives him a unique perspective of, of both yeah. worlds, doesn't yeah. it? That's what it's all about. It's, it's when he needs that point. Mm. And, and how many times, right at the start of the film, did Spock do things that made everyone laugh? I mean, I can't try to think what it was when, right at the start of the film, he did something, and it was that there was some sort of human way that we interact that Spock couldn't quite grasp. And, oh, it was sort of, um, um, and it made everyone laugh in the film. I'm trying to think what it I'm was. I'm trying to think what that what it was. I can't remember. It was, the, it was the way he was sort of looking at, at Kirk, and Kirk was sort of sat, talking to him about because he, he dobbed Kirk in basically about. Oh yeah, that, that was um, it was something to do with oh you know what do you know what I just, don't stab anyone on the back. Yeah, yeah so, you know I've actually know, why do you think I saved you? Yeah. And he couldn't figure it and out. We couldn't we can work it out until the end of the movie. It's like because I'm your friend. You know? Yeah. But as said it, and it was a lovely. The, the relationship between them was never lost and of course you know Bones had his funny moments as well he was quite that you just stunned our ride yeah. <laughs> uh, I got to say Jim I'm a, doc- I'm, not, I'm a doctor not a torpedo technician and he kept coming up with weird uh, analogies of stuff as well didn't he yeah. it was just sort of Kirk had to go to him stop that's an order <laughs> <laughs> oh you just got a bit too much well I do like Bones it's quite funny yeah. and then when he started flirting with her with um Oh, the blonde bombshell. I can't remember her name. Alice. Oh, and not to mention Marcus. And yeah. that other, and when he was doing there, him and Spock were to Starfleet headquarters. That you know, he went past the women. He looked around at the two yeah. women that went past him. I thought, oh, he's cheeky, isn't he? Mm. Yeah. But you know, they captured the they've captured the characters again in the second one so well. And it's said they have, so yeah. they all get their moments to shine, which is which is lovely. And no one's left in the shade, which in the original series. 
the women in particular who are always unfortunately in mm. the, particularly in the series anyway now the question is is Alice Eve going to be in the next one well she's going to be because right at the end Kirk was talking to her yeah, so welcome she? to the family well, well, yeah. welcome to the family so she, but what sort of part is she going to play that's the main thing are as well. we going to have two relationships on the go there Spock and her and her and Spock and her I don't. I don't think Kirk and her will be together for a long well, time. It's going to be one. Of, it's going to be. It's going to be the right Remember, we have got the canon prime universe relationship. Yeah, so they could go down the they line that down. we're thinking of, but they could also go down the line you're thinking of, mm. which is what when Bones and Bones oh and Carol Marcus could mm. possibly. So That's, I don't know why I was thinking of Scotty go. for some strange reason. <laughs> <laughs> I don't ask me why. But did they even have a scene together in the film? Were they even ever in the same scenes at all? No, I don't they think were. Scott, mm. Beginning. Oh, they were at the beginning. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they were at the beginning because when he first saw her and he was like, "Why is she on the ship?" Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We yeah. spot figured out immediately that she shouldn't have actually. I think been she's going to be a nice addition. Yeah. Yeah. Nice addition to the ensemble. Yeah. Samba, whatever you call it. Something. Whether they'll make her strip off for the next one of she isn't it? Who knows? Well, so far <laughs> we have got a good history of women stripping down to her underwear, so it's quite certain there will be a well, scene. Slave thing. girl in the first, the Orion slave girl in the that's first the one. That's the thing that gets and me. Aurora. There mm. was this controversy in this one of that, and then in the first, well, then again, the first I suppose had a point because they were actually in their room. No, so, but the but idea is that they were on campus, and that's what the Americans do, isn't it? That's yeah. the American thing. You're on campus. Hey, naked ladies. <laughs> you know, we're in college naked ladies <laughs> and to be honest actually in the first one you do, and in that scene you do have uh, Kirk not wearing a lot so the girls can't really say anything they can look at that's pine. a good point yeah, there wasn't anything for that no it's not in this one but not hey. in this one but yeah. well if any guys if any guys obviously go they were satisfied wouldn't it in the first one mm. but you could say you know, everyone loves a um, cumberback so it's not like they didn't have anyone <laughs> But I, I mean, just can't get over it, how good he was coming back. Yeah, but the thing, I think I think I liked was someone. I don't I don't know if I necessarily agree, but the idea of sort of the brig was sort of someone described it as like a big washing machine, and I just thought a did, washing machine. Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't really see. Could you see the resemblance? I I really couldn't. I just I just thought it was just a silly, throwaway, funny comment, but. You know, Cumberbatch was—he was just so, so he was excellent in that. He—I have to say, he's actually made that film. Yeah, I really do feel. But to be honest, it was centered around him. Yeah. That film was centered around him. I.e., his people in in the in in, 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 in the cryo chambers, which incidentally is another good thing because it proves how Spock still has is not just that's what we do because I am a robot, Spock. He did actually save all the lives of the seventy-two people plus Khan. Mm. Well, it goes back to sort of at the beginning what who who were mistakenly thought when Spock was on that volcano that oh yeah you don't have anything you don't care. Mm. But it's because of the fact that he again a lovely little reference to the first one because he lost to his parents on Vulcan he didn't want to because you know the pain he felt yeah, after exactly. that you know he didn't want to go back there. Mm. But I did think it was a bit like Indiana Jones. But I locked them in a cupboard and just left them in a warehouse somewhere. Mm. <laughs> like you just went to line at some point where Kirk's talking to someone and they just say, "Yes, um, they said that uh, they're being looked after by top men." Mm. Well, I must admit, I quite liked some of the, the rifles that the security had—the longer sort of silver ones. They were really quite nice, actually. The uh, the rifles, I thought. Well, I don't know if anyone else noticed them at all. Or, we only glimpsed her a couple of times, but I thought they were quite nice. I don't think they were in the first one, not that I can recall anyway. No, I only saw the standard phases in the first one. Yeah, that's what I thought, yeah. The other thing I thought was quite nice was the actual introduction for Khan, because I, I couldn't understand where the start of the film was going with with the uh, with the guy who was, who was losing his daughter and sort of things like that, and... And yeah. Khan said he'll save her, obviously by using his blood. I thought like it was some sort of doctor. I, I didn't know first. what was going on. I was thinking, hang on, where is this supposed to be going? Oh, well, there's Cumberbatch, right? There's the evil guy. Why is he saving lives? Oh, okay, yeah. is he is he supposed to be evil, or actually is it or a big twist in this story? Is actually good, or yeah. it just didn't make sense to me? And then of course, that's boom! What, that's what's so go. wonderful. That's what's so wonderful. You, and know, that, you and don't it didn't know what's going to happen. There, did it? Bang, 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 bang. But another thing that never no, up yet is what they did on the bridge when the Enterprise was going down towards Earth. They had seat belts. 
I had seatbelts. Seat belts. They did have seatbelts. Yeah, which they clicked and it went over. It was wonderful because always saying, you know, in the original series, whenever the ship was going topsy turvy or whatever, they would always be falling out of their chairs. Like, well, wouldn't you have seatbelts even in the 21st century? Yeah, but what made me laugh is the seatbelts seemed to come out of nowhere because when Kirk's uh, kick, um, punched Scotty to stop him going into the. Uh, the the, ch- uh, the chamber of the, um, of the help me out here something called uh, the walk call film yeah walk call thank you uh, for all of a sudden you just click one button and Still all of a sudden a seatbelt came out of nowhere I mean do, is it attached to their to their uniform is it what Actually, is it yeah that's what I was thinking I know, obviously and on the bridge it would make sense because maybe it comes out something of called a film guys yeah but you've got to think about these sort you've of got to think about these sort of things haven't you well it's this magical seatbelts that come out of nowhere it's like Woo! Well, even in Star Trek, you've got to have a bit of magic that dazzles, haven't you? But I love the fact that they made the addition of the seatbelts anyway. I thought that was a wonderful, nice little touch, which I wasn't expecting. You know, The way they came out was you've pretty cool You've been watching well. a film for two and a half hours, and all you're worried about is, where's the seatbelts gone? Well, I'm not worried you've about got to it. think about safety, you? Yeah, you've got to think about it. It's health crucial. Health and safety? Yeah, even in the 21st hey, well, century. Health and safety could have gone mad on that film. Hell, yes. But all the pi- oh, can you? Oh, can you imagine all the... Paperwork for all the people you, they lost. Yeah. Well, right, there's some, another one. There's another. Another nice thing was they also had a dog in the film as well. They had a dog. Oh yeah, right at the start. Yeah. Yeah. With the, with the people. Yeah. The other the interesting thing is actually slowly for Kirk realizing that he cannot save everyone because right at the start when he when he got when he got um, demoted or, or got kicked out of Starfleet he was sort of saying. I've never lost anyone in all my missions. Yeah. Not lost a single person, but obviously in this one he lost. He, he couldn't well, I, I lost a win situation. Yeah, he couldn't. Yeah, I, 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 I lost count the number of people he actually lost in this. Yeah. I think you said like when when um, when like the um, the USS Venger was just blowing out sort of the whole Enterprise. I think you said it was like thirty or forty people. I think mm. wasn't it? But as I said, it's difficult to count when there's so many of them. So, but yeah, he did list quite a fair few. Mm. Yeah, so. I love the fact Scotty had his moment when he turned up randomly. You've got, you got to admit, though, from the first two films, Kirk has an awful lucky. He does something really bad, and then he's he's not on it anymore. There's something that just happens. Oh, he just goes his way. He says, oh, yeah, I'm captain again. Do you know what you I mean? you got to save the day. You have, That's yeah. what you've got to do in those yeah. scenarios. Yeah, mm. yeah. That's what happened in four. There you go. There you go, yeah. That's what he did for that one. But I like the fact um, that Admiral Pike was back in the second one as well. Yeah. Well, briefly. Well, yeah. Br- briefly. Dan, 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 spoiler dan. alert. Yeah. He's dead. I think we, I think we broke that, <laughs> that measure, I think, the moment we started it off. Yeah, pretty much. It doesn't, it doesn't, you know, <laughs> reveal far worse spoilers than this one. But No, it's true. But also, I like the fact that, you know, uh, you know actually, uh, a place other than San Francisco was featured. London was actually featured in a couple yeah, of seasons, which was really nice. Even no though it got Clark. Com- huh? No, no Clark. Yeah. From Doctor Who, none, nonetheless. There you go. Mm. And it's lovely the fact that, well, London did get completely demolished. Well, not completely, but it did get demolished. <laughs> no, didn't. but strange enough, Section 31 building, which I thought was very interesting, but yeah, not that when, I saw that going, though. When you said Section 31, you looked at us like, ooh, I got my attention. Uh, well, well, the black uniforms and the black ship, obviously, you know, suspensions. from a couple of weeks ago. That's why I'm glad you didn't tell me. I worked, I worked that out myself. You worked that out I didn't too. know... Yeah, a residential Star Trek expert. It's the black USS Vengeance that gave it away. No, it's a, it got me thinking. Who would have a black starship? Um, Section thirty-one. Well, when it came, about that. When it came to Khan, I mean, I didn't figure out it was actually him until they said the idea of a superhuman for three hundred years ago, and I thought, friend, I thought, oh, it's got to be Khan, hasn't it? And then when they said, I am Khan, it was like, yeah, that's it. So. Because I think originally you were quite right that they were where they were going with that for, when before oh, the film that, came originally, out. Originally, yes, I was. But once I've been even, finding out all the rumours, even I was I quite sceptical. I've got to be honest. Rest. I did it so wonderfully well, though. I mean, I know there'll be people who will obviously will disagree it's because it's got no reflection on the original Star Trek Two, which is good. So, in that it's sense, it's a standalone film. It's not. It's not a copy of the original one. It's a. Oh, so it's a. You talking about homage? homage spin on it? Homage, homage spin, yeah. Mm. I think because it had elements of it, like but it had a nice twist. The older spot came in, and old, yeah, yeah. There was lots of little things that, like, I mean, is that the essence of basically the way that JJ is making it so everyone would like it? Possibly, definitely. Well, that's probably I think what so. it is. It's you mass know, it's, media. It's, he's that's a very clever thing. man, you know. Well, as I said. 
you know, I, Richard, the, Richard Arnold. Uh, um, um, Richard, Richard Arnold, Arnold, sorry. Was correct, wasn't they? I can't wait till the third one now. I mean, because I mean, I think I originally we both sort of said what about as ideas for third. What about Romulans or something like that? Mm. Oh, nice to see what they do with them. Uh, in fairness, I would like to see Klingons and Romulans in the third film. Mm. I think it's about time that they they got introduced. You know, it's, do you it's, know? I actually, I, I was actually thinking I wouldn't mind something like um, the Folians. I was thinking, in some form, maybe it's not very mass media friendly though. You always have a gone. Not many people are very familiar with Tholins, Jamie. Oh, that is it is true. very, very niche. You have to have that. You have, you to, have, have a, to go in very, uh, a very big, bank. A big main. Yeah, Whereas I see Romulans, your point. Klingons, Vulcans, everyone knows them. Even non Star Trek. Yeah, so, I see your point there. Tholins, you'd, I think that's a long way off, Jamie. Mm. You could maybe have a reference to them or something. Yeah, reference, fine. But I don't think you'd them. have a whole film about them, though. Hmm. I think, and I also put the thing. I'd love to see Borg in this new franchise. Yeah, because yeah, the Borg, Borg were never um, back in fair, the Prime what, original what was, series. They never were in it. Was what they? would the Borg look like what now? Would they look like, yeah. That would be oh my well, god. Would they take sort of the elements maybe from Enterprise in that episode of regeneration? Would they look at, think, not, think about it. It's a whole new franchise. It's, it's a nice whole new way. Life the Borg them, yeah. could be even more powerful. The could Borg, do anything. The, it could be anything. The Borg could... Because I think what they do is they look at how the Borg used to be in the sun and see, well, what can we do to sort of change this? What can we make a difference? You know? Did you notice on the back of um, Admiral Marcus's office, did you see his little model starships? Yeah, I saw that. It was the no, I didn't. I was no, it was the, it's the gradual progression from car to rocket to to stuff, and then all of a sudden got from starship to bigger, I to didn't bigger, know bigger. And when I see, because I might be seeing well, it. No, it was I panning was back looking. as as as, the, as you looked at everything else. I might be seeing it with my dad at some point, so I'll have to look out. I for that. was looking out for one ship in particular because they had the Phoenix there. Hmm. They had um, the Enterprise that was designed like a um, Vulcan ship. Yeah, and they also had the X01 on there. Oh, they did! Oh my God, so I don't believe that. It's sort of, so it's sort of you can see where lovely reference to Archer's era. Wonderful. I thought of everything, didn't they? Nice little touches. He's a very JJ is really, really good, isn't he? He's just you worship him, don't you feel? Oh no, I think God. he's brilliant. I think no, I think he's brilliant. <laughs> he he's is really, really as I mean to be fair, because I'm just I'm an inter- coming into Star Trek or have been, but never re- always been on the the outside looking in. This is really the franchise where I get into it. I mean, a lot of people, the only way I can explain it to you is, I know it sounds weird, but James Bond. Yeah, Pierce Brosman is my era, and that's my Bond. Yeah. None of the other Bonds make sense. Hmm. So this is the same as you with Star Trek. This let's, is my Star Trek. Well, let's see, as we were saying before, what Abrams, you know, the way he's done it is you, you cater such a wide audience. You, you know, you're getting in not just the old fans, but you're getting in these possibility of new ones, and it's wonderful. And the thing is, and like, anyone who doesn't even like Star Trek will probably like the film. Yeah, I mean, like my housemates who are living at the moment, I mean, I never watched a Star Trek episode in their life, and they enjoyed the really, they enjoyed the first movie a lot, and they're going to go and see the second one. Mm. And if, and I've got a couple of people I know from university, and you know, they watched, and they, they've got into a, the first when they watched the one in 2009. They got into a little bit when I was at university. I got them into a little bit of Star Trek, mm. particularly the original series. You know, they quite enjoy it. It's just what the franchise needed. It's it needed a breath of fresh air. Because I mean, when Enterprise finished, though, I know obviously they're going to they've, they've, they've got this campaign for Netflix for doing a season five. It was it's not going to happen, though, is it? Let's be honest. You know, it's, well, it's, they've they've already the Par- Paramount be there. Paramount have already, a slim already chance, said, Jamie. No, Paramount mm. have already said that they've, they've, well, they've destroyed. I've got to get my right? hopes up. For they've it. destroyed all of the original stuff anyway. And mm. think of it logically. I mean, if there was a Star Trek series for this new Star Trek yeah it would be completely different actors because you couldn't play pay Hollywood you stars them, yeah. you wouldn't you be able to get them they so, wouldn't want to do it so the series the would series have completely different actors yeah moment so mm. every time but every time you go to the film you would have to have the original actors from Hollywood because they're the Hollywood movie stars and they've probably got somewhere in their contract but, and you, you yeah. come to know them and recognise exactly. them exactly so it would, it would characters. be different yeah. characters in the series and it just wouldn't Phil, make sense but that that idea breaks down once you get to the point of Voyager, Deep Space Nine. Yeah. They're brand new crews, you've never met them before. Who'd have heard of Cisco? No one. Or Janeway. So it's not out of the question that you couldn't you wouldn't so sit what you're, on what you're talking about. What you're talking about is the films that they produce now. Films would be Enterprise. Yeah, fine. 
but then what you're talking about is that the new Star Trek series would be set something completely yeah. different yeah. set somewhere else there's no reason yeah. why it that's couldn't a good happen idea. But then, and then they could have their own films as well but as I said with this season from Home of Enterprise I you mean just, you could I think do it is something possible. similar mm. to what they did in because I haven't seen it and you guys can correct me in the Avengers film something like that mm. it's, it's yeah. possible they could bring them all together that's, that you could yeah, have you could the second show well, with the Enterprise crew working together what was that oh, is that thing you mentioned about a book song called The Captain's Table all the captains come together and they kind of got the captain's table that's sort it of it was a bar which transverse time space realities whatever so yeah. that all captains can talk tell stories and get a free drink yeah hmm. but I think I think um, after Enterprise ended I mean season 4 was amazing anyway but and off that but the franchise had died by that point and, and you know it, it needed a break for a few years and, you know Abrams came along and he's I think he's reinvigorated definitely. I mean not, not everyone's obviously so what you're trying to say is that the gap that Star Trek had where there was no Star Trek Inadvertently, was actually good for Star Trek. It's back in its I think, I think, yeah. It's back where it was mm. when it's I now, first got into it's it. It's now up there as a franchise that everyone it's knows and everyone think, enjoys. Without, maybe, I don't know, oh, this is just speculation, but maybe in a way, without Abrams doing the one in 2009, would we have ever had a destination, would we ever had a destination Star Trek London? Well, that, was, that, was, always, that was always a test to see how many people actually enjoy Star Trek in this country. But, but you see Abraham's sort of thing with really that sort of freshness that interest in it I mean without that would there have ever been well there might have been a convention but it would have, would have been a, such yeah, a bigger scale be, yeah. that's what I mean so it's interesting but I mean as I said we, we, we all but you know I think Rita might have been a way of again introducing old fans with new fans way for them to mix yeah because I mean, you just can't watch the new one without watching the old one, hmm. or at least I, do. I don't think so. You're getting into. Oh, oh come on! Yeah, Star true. Trek Online. Yeah, no, true. Fair so you can't say at all. Oh no, I haven't watched anything. You did play Star Trek. You have. You got into Star Trek Online before I did. Hmm. You've touched the Prime Universe in some degrees. That's very true. <laughs> and I've that and I've dealt with times time, time travel, yeah. which which I'm still getting my head round, which I'm kind of there with. Well, oh, yeah, because we watched there. an episode of an extra earlier, didn't we? Mm. Which was time travel, so yeah, <laughs> so like we had around that. But um, yeah, going back to, I mean, I think I, I quite like the title of Into Darkness. I think it's a great little title. Which well, I, I asked earlier, didn't I? I said, "Oh, why was it called Into Darkness?" I couldn't understand it, and then all of a sudden, it clicked with, with what Simon said to me that the darkness is really calm, how mm. evil and how dark he truly, really is, because he mm. is. Savage, he's a warrior, and it doesn't matter if he was from an era in the past. He's just as dangerous now. Yeah. in our future, here and now, in the twenty-first century. We were yeah. also, Simon. Also, you talked about him possibly coming back, didn't you? Yeah, he was chucked in that um, fire chamber cupboard in cupboard, the yeah. uh, warehouse. So there's yeah. no chance, the possibility he might be reawoken. Yeah, mm. I mean, which is another worry. Definitely thing. a fearsome adversary for, because for the Enterprise I, crew. I do believe. That it could run as many films as the Prime Universe set. I yes. reckon it could get ten out of it. And there's no reason why I can't can't. I mean, maybe obviously not the next film will be too similar. Maybe you can come back definitely in a future film. Why you not? Could, you could you could always like you know unfreeze him, strap yeah. him down, and just continuously use his blood to heal the world. You, you can Done. give you can give him like a strap on seatbelt like they did on the on the bridge. Hmm. <laughs> Keep him in place or something. But um, is there anything else we want to say? No, only that. Everybody should see this film. Definitely, definitely. Even if you like if, the first one, you'll love this one. Hopefully, if, <laughs> even if you, even if somebody's a little bit, mm, I don't really like Star Trek, get them to see the film because it is hundred percent brilliant. It's, it's just. Would it be really, better really for them good. to see the first one first? I wouldn't. Definitely. It no, of course, of course. But it would you, help, but it's not essential. It's not really essential because the way you've done it, I don't think it's really essential because you, you know their names, you know that in the second room, you know their positions anyway. And if you, because you know, I remember when we it's were nice if you know about Khan, but if yeah. you don't. Doesn't matter because I remember the, the people sitting next to me as a kid and his dad and his dad was asking, "Oh yeah, who's that guy?" And he was like, "Oh yeah, that, that's that's Carl." And he's like, "You know," so I would say I wouldn't take children along. No, it's because there was a eye, kid in definitely. front, and I was thinking, "Ooh, I'm not sure about this language." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I say must admit. no. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's not for us. And the fights and the fight scenes were pretty really pretty brutal as well. You know, very very good, very, very good. But they were very well done as well. But 
But, no. No, but to, to wrap it up, definitely, definitely something you should see. Definitely, definitely. I totally agree with that. Oh, 100%. You know? So it surpassed my expectations, absolutely. I absolutely love so, it. Filled you know, mine. Yeah, which is which is good it's, probably, it's, it's, it's up there with one of my all time favourite films yeah. I don't know whether it beats Gladiator yet but I'll have to consider it the thing for Simon for was it was a sink or swim because you know, if they flopped with this one it would have just killed the franchise I well think. yeah and they and but, did they come out with their, all their guns blazing oh they did indeed Abraham straight got into the action It was as Kirk, as Kirk said it will fit what's that with bells on <laughs> yeah so yeah so I think that's big epic awesome so, well I've been Phil I've You've been Phil. Who are you going to be Phil. next time then? <laughs> I've been Jamie again, of course. Name Simon. And uh, yeah, we hope you list- enjoyed listening to our special edition of uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. All three of us recommend the film thoroughly. So yeah, we'll Go and see it. Yeah, and we'll uh, be back soon. Have Bye. a look. Bye. Bye now. Bye. Accessing library computer data. Hello, avid listener. Thank you for keep listening. Uh, here's a bit extra for you. I've just come back from my second screening of Star Trek Into Darkness up at those two and I'd like to give you a bit more into what I found out this time when I watched it so I think when we originally listened to it on Saturday which is about five days ago we didn't pick up on everything that was going on so I think I'm going to try and add in a few more bits add, add, add in a bit more detail what we said in what you've just heard so I think one of the main things we've missed when we talked about it on Saturday is the fact that there's two innermost stories going on there about Kirk learning about responsibility where he goes from doing whatever he likes when he likes it just yeah we'll fly there just make a nice yeah, we'll stop that love lamp. We'll stop that, yeah. And just save Spock's life, causing Prime Directive to be broken. Which it's got to be done a few times, you've got to admit. But hey. So it goes from that point, to not caring about the rules, to taking complete responsibility, risking his life and saving the ship. So that's Kirk's one. So that's what he learns throughout the film. You've got to take responsibility for your actions and the consequences which it withholds. So for him it was losing Enterprise and losing crew members when the ship goes against the Vengeance and so on and so forth where he starts learning about what it really means to be captain. The other story is to do with Spock because at the beginning of the film he still doesn't actually understand emotions, feelings that well, I don't think. And it's just typical Vulcan responses. You know, typical logic. Logic the whole way. Until the point where he mind melds with Admiral uh, Pike on his deathbed. And he gets a, a little a little bit of essence of what it means to have emotion I think it's that point where he starts to understand what emotion is about so after that he can then use what he's learnt from that scenario that instance for what happens later on where he feels for the death of Kirk yes I know it's another spoiler but I'm sure by now you've seen it and you know exactly what happens and then he goes on a rampage trying to go after Khan to try and kill him for the death of his um, friend I think so there's two different journeys there there's two journeys where really they flip roles because you, you know, you can sit then where Kirk goes into the warp core to fix that. Where Prime Minister's fans will know that in the original film, Spock goes into the warp core and fixes it just by doing something technical and with a lot of technobabble, no doubt. 
so he does that risks his life saves shit and then where have I gone where am I going I'm lost now Rah, no it's gone alright let's try and think for um that happens and then a similar thing happens with Spock where he would he does what Kirk would do with the torpedoes where he actually um, arms them and destroys or severely damages the vengeance where it's against what they against their character type but I suppose that shows development within the characters and shows their journeys into the adulthood of the, of the characters because in the first film it was really set up the franchise I think you said in the podcast whereas this one really sets up the dynamic what's really going to happen so I'm expecting a lot from the third one on the way back f- from though two it got me thinking what the third one might be about because we spoke about it a bit earlier but I've had a bit more time to think about it in the first film, we really have a good dose of Vulcans. Uh, Vulcans? No, 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 no. Well, we well we did, but they didn't last that long. So we did, but what I'm trying to say is we had a good dose of Romulans. So I very much doubt we're going to see Romulans in the third one. Maybe wrong, but that's what I reckon. I don't think we're going to see Klingons because we saw them in this film. Okay, fair enough, not for long. But I don't think we're going to see them. I think the possibility is we're going to see another another thing that J.J. Abrams is going to come up with. Completely out of the blue. Nothing that any of us is going to expect. And I think the secrecy is going to be even tighter than the first one. This one it's gonna be super super secret I reckon so who knows what we've got for the third one and you never know we might get some something really intriguing after his think with little what's the word I'm looking for little venture into Star Wars this I know it's not the best word to say on a Star Trek podcast but hey it's what he's doing so who knows who knows what, he, what he's got planned for us next the other thing I also spotted is a little hint which I didn't really pick up with before but I did touch on in Abram Marcus's office there is a project pro- progression of the starships from Starfleet so from Phoenix right up to the present day starship and what I didn't notice the first time round is that the last ship in that line of models is actually the Vengeance the ship that Admiral Marcus is the commander of the captain of so you get a little bit of an instinct and if you didn't see it on a shot as they're panning through it it's the last one in there and it's you know absolutely identical to Vengeance so it's just a little teaser of what's to come up you see they're going oh what's that ship I haven't seen that before and when you finally see it you go oh okay that's that's a little bit powerful and about the Vengeance I think because we touch on it a little bit a bit earlier as well there's two possibilities because it's touched on in the film because I say that we get the impression that everything on it is advanced in some degree weapons advanced warp is advanced that's interesting is it either because it's Admiral Marcus's sort of flagship so has he's sneaked in there and said to Starfleet designers hmm, what we'll do is we'll limit all the other starships in the fleet 
and you revert this one on the side and make it super super fast. Okay, just don't tell, don't tell anyone. Don't don't tell anyone, or it be that. Just by the way, I did the kill sign, the beheaded look. Yeah, okay. So I think that's what happened, possibly. So they all go about ten miles an hour, and that one goes twenty miles an hour, for example. It's not a bit quicker, but you know, warp warp scale. I mean, by that I mean. Um, or, as I discussed in the podcast a bit earlier, there's a possibility they created Transwarp for the Vengeance, and just typically in Starfleet tradition, didn't fit it, and it was a, it just didn't get onto the other classes, and it was just a special thing for the um, the Dreadnought class, if I remember. And I think that even in itself poses other interesting question. Will we see another Dreadnought class starship in the next few films? Or have they been are they destined for the rubbish heaps of the galaxy? Now that um Admiral Marcus has been well murdered. I was gonna say killed, but murdered. So we might see a glimpse of one of those turning up possibly. If they started building another one in that shed above, it's not a shed, it's dry dock above Jupiter. So, a few possible questions that I'd like to pose to you, I think. And I think the last one, this is typical boyish, and we discussed it in the podcast a little bit earlier. Just, me just muttering on, just like a madman, but hey, this is why you listen to us, though. I take it the most pointless scene in the whole film the one where um, Carol Marcus changes into another uniform one question I want to know is how on earth did she change in change uniform so quickly how did she get out of her normal uniform so quickly that she can just change it into her underwear it, like that just in a matter of seconds so that Kirk can have a quick stare. Just how's that possible? It's, it's, it's got to be damn fiddly. Getting out of uniforms in a hurry. So it's just like, what did Starfleet design it so you could have quickly put them on or what? Just why? How does that work? But like we said earlier, it's just a good excuse to get a bit of sex appeal in there. That's the only good excuse for it. And it's only 30 seconds, so you can complain, but at the end of the day, it's 30 seconds of film out of 2 hours 15 minutes or whatever it is. And I can live with that. I think every boy can, but hey. In terms of telling a story, it didn't add much, but I can say, for the mass media of a film, it's a better sex feel. For the majority of the audience, because they'll be male, bloody bloody blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, that's my little additional bit of thoughts on the film after seeing it again. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you. Bye. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Engaged Podcast. It's Jamie here. This is just a quick little special show that I'm doing by myself, and it is to do with Star Trek Into Darkness. Basically... As you know, those who listened last week, me, Simon and Phil went to see the film together. And obviously, if you listened, we absolutely loved it. Now, Simon had told me before then that he was going to see the film himself next week in London at the O2. Because he had a free ticket that he'd won and he wanted to see it again himself. Now, after a second viewing, he said to me he still absolutely loved the film. But he felt during the, our podcast to go, there was more that he wanted to say that he had noticed in his second viewing. And he recorded, which I have, actually have not heard, a 12 minute monologue by himself, just basically discussing certain things that he had picked up on. After giving it some thought, and after seeing it with my dad for the second time in London as well, but not at the same cinema, because I actually saw it in 3D the second time, which Simon didn't, I decided myself that I wanted to record a little short show myself, basically. 
because I felt there was more to say after thinking about it and after what Simon said. Now, one of the things that I would like to discuss is the 3D, because I've got to be honest with you, and I know there's probably a lot of people out there, when it comes to films that are in 3D, you're quite sceptical, because most of the time they're not very good, and there's only a couple of examples I can think of where 3D was utilised well, i.e., for example, James Cameron's Avatar, which is actually filmed in 3D. Most films that are in 3D are added post-production after the film has been made and as a result are not very good and are nothing more than a cheap gimmick. A good example of that is Iron Man 3. Absolutely loved the film, the 3D was awful. I'm afraid to say when it comes to Into Darkness the 3D was okay but it wasn't particularly good. Their special effects were amazing obviously as I said in in the podcast I did with Simon and Phil but I just... The 3D was just pretty pointless. So if I were you, unless you have 3D glasses, because you don't have to pay extra, I wouldn't recommend seeing it in 3D. But that's just my personal opinion. But getting on to some other things that I noticed in my second viewing, one of the things that Simon had picked up on, which I didn't notice, was in Admiral Marcus's office. On his desk, there's a row of different models of engines and ships going showing like a history of time for example you know you have like uh, airplanes and then the first rocket and also the nx-01 now i didn't notice that but watching it through the second time i was i was literally on the edge of my seat because i was with my father sitting there and i was like right simon's mentioned this i've got to you know see where it is and I actually managed to find it was like it's so awesome so that was absolutely lovely another thing I would like to clear up and this is not so much it's what I've noticed uh, but basically it's a rectifying error on my part basically me and Phil were talking when it came to the bit about the seat belts we said that how could a Scotty have had his seat belt on when he was sitting on the floor when Kirk had punched him. We were wrong. Basically, Scotty was sitting in a chair and Kirk had activated a button that made his seat belt come on. So basically, I just wanted to clear that up as well. But oh, other things to talk about. I mean, one of the things was, and Simon, you know, that the, going back to the scene with Alex Eve not wearing a lot. I mean. We'd already discussed it, and we know why it was done, because it was for the fanboys. But the thing that gets me was, I was thinking, it just, it didn't fit. I mean, not in the sense of what she did. I, I can't really explain it. You know, because Kirk and her, they go into the shuttle. He turns round, then she changes a bit too quickly, I think, actually, which was a bit weird. It's like, yeah, would you, could you really get out of your suit that quickly? But anyway... And then it was sort of, she turns round, they, they say so, and then it's like, edit cut to the next scene. And I just thought, it just didn't seem right. I felt as though there should have been something more added to that scene. Maybe a, a, a quippy remark from Kirk or something like that. But the scene to me just felt a little bit off. So that was another little thing I just wanted to actually add. But certain other things as well, that, that actually was quite interesting was the fact at the start the couple with the uh, the, the girl that was in the hospital you never found out exactly what was wrong with her now it wasn't a necessary thing to actually know it was just a function to the plot to get that guy to blow up the section 31 facility which is what obviously what harrison wanted or khan and but i just thought it would be nice i mean what was it that made this girl so ill that obviously Starfleet couldn't do anything that would make the guy so desperate that he would do this for Khan and betray everything he held dear to himself to obviously Starfleet. It must have been very, very bad, whatever it was. Now, it makes perfect sense that obviously Khan or Harrison, having been in Section 31, he would have access to the resources that were needed. But you think to yourself, would, you know, you think to yourself, well... It would be nice to have a couple of lines, you know, just to s explain what was wrong with her. It wasn't absolutely necessary, but I just thought it would have been just a nice little add-on to the actual film itself. 
But there you go. A couple of other things I wanted to also talk about, which, again, I didn't pick up on my first viewing. It was quite interesting, the fact that my dad actually pointed out to me. Now, this won't be big news to everyone, but I honestly didn't know it, because basically my dad said the... Uh, I can't remember the actor's name, and it's terrible, I should know. But the guy that played um, Admiral Marcus is the same actor uh, who played Robocop in the very first film, which I didn't actually realise, because I'd seen Robocop years and years ago. And I just thought, oh, yeah, he just suddenly pops in, you know? Because I, I, I think in the film he has his his helmet on, obviously, and I just didn't recognise him even by his voice. So that was something else. But it's just it was just an absolutely wonderful movie. And basically, there were just a few other little things I wanted to add that the previously hadn't been added before. And I think also what was quite a nice addition to the film was... Now, I briefly talked about the idea of the sort of the rifles that you saw security wearing, like the silver sort of, the silver sort of longish ones. But basically, what I quite liked the idea of it because... In the original series, you never had anything like that. I mean, I know you obviously you had the Type 1 and Type 2 phaser, but they weren't like rifles, not like you had in, obviously, Dead Space 9, Voyager, and I'm not sure about Next Gen. I'll have to... I'm sorry if this is wrong. I'm not as attuned to it as Simon is. But I just thought that was a really lovely little addition to it as well. Because we didn't really go into much discussion about the rifles. But I just thought they were really not real, real, very well nicely designed. And they were sort of... It fitted in with the film quite nicely. And the fact that it was quite militaristic. Because if you think about it... The uniforms they were wearing on Earth were sort of black. It was sort of very, very formal. And I'd never noticed that before in the original series. I mean, all the uniforms were all coloured. And obviously... You saw, like, you know, them wearing the red shirts, obviously. You saw that at Starfleet. But I just thought it was quite interestingly different. And, and I just thought maybe it, it, it was sort of a mirroring the whole idea of the film. You know, being into darkness, the idea of carnage. It was sort of like a, a metaphorical sort of reflection, if, it, if that makes any sense at all. It, these are just other little things I just picked up on. And basically, I just wanted to share that with you as... I'm sure if you listen to Simon's one, there's other things that he picked up on as well. And I just really wanted to add to it, because I felt, you know, that we could have added more to the podcast. But anyway, that's basically all I wanted to share with you. If there's anything else that you've picked up on yourself or noticed that you want us to discuss at all, we might be able to do another little add-on or something like that. But yeah, for now, uh, I hope you enjoyed listening. And yeah... Me, Simon and Phil will be back very soon with another episode of the Engage podcast. So until then, take care and good night.